Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. We're having some fun here this morning. We always do with the Fantasy Football Power Hour. That's what it is, folks. It's proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub where we, where we fantasy it up every single week of the season out of the season, going into the season. We have three drafts at the Wildcat this weekend, a.k.a. the Wildcats, our headquarters, a.k.a. you got to have a beer with us and have some wings and hang out if you're going to come to the Wildcat. We're there this Saturday, September 1st at noon, and Sunday, September 2nd at noon and 3 p.m. Three drafts going on. Very excited about this. Can't wait to have these drafts at the Wildcat Sports Pub. And the Pennant Trophy Center also proudly brings you this hour as they bring us our trophies, the Lombardi Championship Trophy that we have, and the last place toilet bowl that you can put some nice candies in, maybe your jewelry, whatever you fancy. It's the one toilet you can drop jewelry in and don't have to worry about it getting flushed. So, just so you know, give you some food for thought this morning. Very excited to have Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com on the broadcast and I am releasing my rankings, my updated rankings as we go. So I'm excited about this. We're going to talk about some of that today and get into that today. So much coming up. Mike Sofka, so happy to have him as always. My good sir, how you doing this morning? Awesome. How you doing? I'm doing very well. Can you see the jump in my step in my voice that, I, that we're closer and closer to the season? So I'm getting more and more like a child. Can you sense that over the phone? Yeah, you're like that little kid that woke up, realized it's Christmas morning, and he's getting ready to hightail it downstairs to the tree to see what Santa brought him. So I get it. I'm there. I'm there with you. And the thing is, I've gotten the second pick in the two drafts that we've done, and, you know, I kind of like it, but, you know, I'm just I'm looking forward to seeing what I could get from here and what I could do. And speaking of the second pick, that's where a lot of running backs are going, or should be going, I should say. So, Mike, I want to start the conversation off there. Because I've put together my fantasy rookie, or my fantasy, I shouldn't say rookie, my fantasy running back rankings for the 2018-19 season. Spent a lot of time on this, and this essentially is something that I've been thinking about with the second pick in, in these drafts recently, is who am I going to take? Because there's a lot of talent here, and once you pick one, if people know how to draft, a lot of them aren't available when it swings back around. So, I want to start things off with the top ten and I'm going to tell you my top 10, and we can break it down here. Does that sound fair? Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. So number one, Todd Gurley. Number two, Ezekiel Elliott. Number three, David Johnson. Number four, Melvin Gordon. Number five, Kareem Hunt. Number six, Le'Veon Bell. Number seven, Jordan Howard. Number eight, Leonard Fournette. Number nine, Elvin Kamara. And number 10, LaShawn McCoy. Thoughts? Yeah, I think you have LaShawn McCoy way high there. I think you have Le'Veon Bell way low there. And Jordan Howard, I'm not sure he belongs in the discussion. I mean, I have, you know, Todd Gurley's obviously the hands-down number one across the board. Everywhere I've been, he usually goes number one, except in the wake-up call draft in Florida, Aaron Rodgers goes number one. But, you know, Todd Gurley's the, the, the guy. He's the guy you want. He's the bigger difference between all the other running backs. And, Sometimes it's not all about what your guy is going to do. It's what he does in comparison to everybody else. So what you want to do is you want to take a projection. You want to project, and this takes time. Or if you want, you can go to my website, and that's all done for you. What I do is you take a projection of what you think each player is going to do that year, 
And then you take the average or the mean, and you just pick guys that are above that average line, and you want the guys that are the most difference above the average line, and that's Todd Gurley, hands down. Yeah, when we look at this, and, and Jordan Howard, he is where he is. I had him outside of the top ten. And he was a tough one that I keep looking at. The thing is, he had over 1,100 yards, and though he has Tariq Cohen, Tariq Cohen is not utilized enough. Now, do I think that might change? Yes, which is why I had him outside of the top 10. I put him into the top 10 because last season he was in the top four in yardage gain. Well, I should, let, me, let me put this all together here. He was in the top six in yardage gain, so it was Kareem Hunt. Uh, then Todd Gurley, then Le'Veon Bell, then LaShawn McCoy, Mark Ingram, and then Jordan Howard. So Howard was hard for me as to where to put him. So he made the top 10, cracked the top 10 because of his overall yardage, but he is a tough one for me. LaShawn McCoy barely made my top 10. You know, the off the field stuff and what's going to happen with that. I want to flip him with Delvin Cook, who's just outside of it. And then we, you brought up Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell only fell to six for me. And, and my reasoning and what I wrote on the site is, all signs point to Bell not being happy in Pittsburgh, which should concern you as a fantasy owner. If he was at camp with the team and happy with the situation, it wouldn't be hard to place him in the top three running back group of this fantasy season. But his situation seems dicey, which drops him a few pegs in my rankings. The reason being is that he still hasn't reported. And running backs... Above all, historically, from what I saw, especially in you know around the time of Jamal Anderson and whatnot, when someone holds out, you can't simulate football. No matter what they try to do, they can't simulate the sport of football. And holding out from practice and holding out from workouts and holding out from games doesn't do anything good for your body. And the longer you hold out, the more dangerous it is. And for the running back position, it seems to be almost immediately dangerous or 10 times more dangerous when they're not out there. So my concern is injury for Le'Veon Bell. My concern is, is, is dissatisfaction. And my concern is Mike Tomlin doesn't put up with the BS. So I have him sixth because I think there's going to be some potential issues this season. And I think that when he finally comes back, because they said he was going to come back on Labor Day, and now he's saying that's fake news. If he shows up for the first game of the season and wants to get after it, that's a really dangerous area for injuries when it comes to running backs, which is the only reason why he dropped for me. Well, it is, and, and you know, that's valid. You know, and he had a slow start last year when he held on most of the camp again. So I just, I don't I don't think it's going to be a problem. I think it's kind of like riding a bike for a guy like Le'Veon Bell. You know, he just picks up right where he left off. Yes, he may not be at full game speed the first game or two, and they're going to manage that, but... Still, with the talent there, he's he's an overwhelming, you know, top five guy. I've got him one through ten. Gurley, Elliott, Bell, Johnson, Fournette, then at six, Kamara. Then here comes the first wide receiver, Antonio Brown. Then go back to running back at Melvin Gordon. They go back to receiver at Hopkins. And then round out the top ten with Kareem Hunt. And I think that just outside the top 10 is Dalvin Cook and then Saquon Barkley. And then, of course, you go Gronk and Odell. You know, the bottom line is, as long as you have one of these guys with your first pick, as long as you don't reach too far in the first round, you're going to be fine, even if you're off a couple picks one way or the other. So just keep a solid head on your shoulders during the draft. Know the room. Know what you're up against. Know your scoring system is the number one fault most people have in drafts. 
and 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 just be confident that you know who you're picking is who you like you know and i don't mean like because they're on your favorite team don't do that always play fantasy football with your head not your heart but you know the top 10 guys as long as you get one of those guys with your first round pick you're going to be fine but what you don't want to do is reach into the first round get a second round guy and then in the second round get a third or fourth round guy then you're forever behind you want to be the guy ahead of the curve. You want to be the guy setting the runs. You don't want to be a guy when a first quarterback's picked, all of a sudden there's a run on quarterbacks, even if it's in the third or fourth round. You want to continue to stay with the plan. And the plan this year should be load up on running backs and wide receivers. When the run's going on one, go the other way. You can get a quarterback late in this draft. You can get a tight end late in this draft, and you can still do real well. So just get one of those guys in the top ten with your first pick, and you should be fine. Speaking here with Mike Safka, Hall of Fame, FantasyFootball.com, inside of the Fantasy Football Power Hour, proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub and the Penn and Trophy Center. And, you know, and, and so I gave my top ten running backs, and you said top ten overall, the majority of them in the overall rankings – our running backs, and like you said, when when it comes to quarterbacks, you don't have to go and get one early because there's going to be plenty of them there. I have ranked them all the way to 32 for each team, and this is what I have. So you know, Mike, we, you and I can discuss this. Number one, Aaron Rodgers. Number two, Drew Brees. Number three, Russell Wilson. Number four, Carson Wentz. Number five, Tom Brady. Number six, Kirk Cousins. Number seven, Deshaun Watson. Number eight, Ben Roethlisberger. Number nine, Jimmy Garoppolo, which to some people might be high, but I think his upside is there. Number 10, Matt Stafford. And then it goes Philip Rivers, Cam Newton, Jared Goff, Andrew Luck. And I know some people are like, how could you have Andrew Luck at 14? But he's injury prone, and he's only played in 22 of the last 48 regular season games. And then Matt Ryan after that, Derek Carr, Blake Bortles, Case Keenum, Alex Smith, and then breaking in in my top 20, Pat Mahomes. And then it goes Andy Dalton, Tyrod Taylor, and Baker Mayfield sharing number 22. And then Eli Manning, Dak Prescott, Sam Darnold, Sam Bradford, and Josh Rosen after Darnold for the Cardinals. The Bears, Mitchell Trubisky. And then the Pack with Tampa Bay, Joe Flacco. Miami's Ryan Tannehill. I, I had Marcus Mariota higher, but when I looked at his numbers, he's 31st. He has 13 passing touchdowns to 15 interceptions last season. He when when he had talented options all across the field, has to lift his numbers. And then after that, I have 32, the Buffalo Bills trio of AJ McCarron, Nathan Peterman, and Josh Allen. Because if they can't figure it out, how am I supposed to? So thoughts on quarterbacks and what you got from me. Those are my 1 through 32 rankings for all 32 teams. Where do you have people, or what's kind of maybe your first topic you want to tackle from that? Yeah, you know, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is definitely a top guy in the quarterback class. His average draft position is in the beginning of the third round, which is way too high for me. However, I did find myself in a draft last night where I had the first pick, and I was a pick away from getting Aaron Rodgers in the third round, and I thought, you know, if I'm going to do it, I'll do it here. So I was able to do Gronk, and then uh, then I was I, I was able to do Gronk in a second after I got uh, Todd Gurley with the first pick overall. And I was like, well, why not get the number one quarterback after I've got the number one running back and I've got the number one tight end? But the bottom line is still the same. You want production out of your quarterback. you got to make sure you know your scoring system. Do you get negative points for interceptions? 
Do you get attempts, completions, what have you? What's the yardage? Usually, most leagues are four-point passing touchdowns, but some are six. And that elevates the quarterbacks as to where you take them overall in the draft if they're six-point passing touchdowns. Look, a guy like Aaron Rodgers, he got that big contract for a reason. He's arguably the number one quarterback in the NFL. And fantasy-wise, there's no argument about it. When he's healthy, he's the number one option for fantasy points as far as quarterbacks go. So I like Aaron Rodgers first overall. I think Tom Brady's up there. I think Tom Brady is a guy that you got to put right behind Aaron Rodgers. And that's simple. The old man's still getting it done. Now, might we see a fall-off here? Statistically, it's been proven mathematically that he should be falling off. However, with the TV 12 and, and everything else he's got going on, Maybe this is maybe he's got one more in him, and you know what? With a guy like this, he's a fighter, he's a winner. Every time everybody says he's wrong or he's not the guy, six round pick ends up making a success, wins all these Super Bowls. I like him a lot. I think Tom Brady's a winner, and you want a winner at quarterback, so I can see him right up there with Aaron Rodgers behind him. You know, a lot of people are going to argue this, but I, I, I think a Cam Newton is, is is eligible to be in the top five because, yeah, Cam likes a lot of Cam, and he's going to call his own number. He's doing a lot of this RPO, run-pass option, and Cam is not afraid to keep the ball and run. And when you have a quarterback that can run for touchdowns as well as throw for touchdowns, now that he's got a healthy Greg Olson, he's a dangerous guy. So I like him right there. You know, Russell Wilson. I think he's a top-five quarterback. Yeah, his production's been off, but think about what's happening in Seattle right now. His defense is going away. The Seattle defense is not what it once was. It's a shadow of it, of its prior self. So if they're behind a lot, what do they got to do? They got to throw the ball, and that's what Russell Wilson does. Oh, and he also runs real well as well. So, And then Deshaun Watson, talk about a guy who can run run real well. I mean, yeah, he had an injury last year, but going into that as a rookie, he was phenomenal. And I think with the tools they have around him, I think he's going to have a, a fantastic year. And I think Houston's got a good defense. And I, I, I say it all the time, people underestimate the value of a defense for the quarterback. If you've got a defense who can bail you out when you make a mistake, that's a great thing. Taking seven points and turning it into three from the opponent, that's a big thing. And when that same defense can get you the ball back and capitalize and help you get additional opportunities to score. So those are all good things Deshaun Watson has going for him. I like Ben Roethlisberger at the number six spot there because, well, he's got two of the most talented guys in the league and Le'Veon Bell when he reports and Antonio Brown. Those are two top guys at their respective positions. So Ben Roethlisberger, all he's got to do is distribute the ball. And then behind him, Drew Brees. This is the guy that all he does is throw for four or 5,000 yards every year. He had a down year last year and threw for over 4,000 yards. That's a lot of yards for a guy his age. And you saw what they did bring in Teddy Bridgewater in a big sigh of relief because you really didn't know what was going to happen behind Breeze. And let's face it, the guy's getting old. The guy's getting up there. But he's another guy like Brady. He keeps fighting. He keeps winning. And he keeps proving people wrong. Now, I'm taking a risk here with Andrew Luck at eight. I think Andrew Luck has got that same thing. I think it's kind of like riding a bike. He's going to get right back on it. Now, I haven't seen a lot from him in preseason, but I think the best is yet to come. I think he's a proven winner, and I think he's going to have a solid year. And Carson Wentz, once he can get on the field, hopefully he's going to be clear in the first couple of weeks. 
he deserves all the all the talk of being a top ten quarterback. And I like Jimmy Garoppolo. All he does is win. He's got a young, talented, fast team around him, and the future looks bright for Jimmy Garoppolo. And he rounds out my top ten. Now, just outside the top ten, you got guys like Alex Smith, Matt Stafford, Patrick Mahomes. This guy has got a cannon. This guy's got an arm, he's got speed at receiver, he's got speed at running back, and he's got an outstanding defense. So again, Patrick Mahomes is a guy that, you know, you can count on this year. So there's a, you know, another guy, Phillip Rivers, just outside there. I think Phillip Rivers, I think the Chargers, if they can get off to a good start, they're always off to a bad start. Two years ago, 0-4, or 1-3, you know, they, they got to get off to a good start. It could be a playoff team, and I think Rivers can put up some numbers as well. And I know you said something about Mariota being near the bottom there. I got him at 17. I think he's going to do okay. I don't think he's going to blow anybody's minds. But Matt Ryan's the guy who's dropped the most for me. I've got him down at 19, but I think that's aggressive. I think he might have a better year than that if he can put it together. If Julio Jones can be healthy, if Freeman can be healthy, if these guys can all do their jobs, all he's got to do is distribute the ball the second year in that Sarkeesian offense. So hopefully these guys will come through for you. You know, and again, wait for a quarterback. Don't be rushed. Even if there's a run on quarterback, go back and load up on wide receiver and running back. Yeah, and and that's and going off of what you said, I mean, that's the thing. And, and a lot of our stuff is similar, you know, Aaron Rodgers being at the top and – Russell Wilson being up there. Wilson led the nation in touchdown passes last season, which I feel like a lot of people don't know. 34. And even his receivers may not all be household names. He finds a way and continues to be a threat. We just got asked a question on the live line. What do we think of Carson Wentz? Well, Wentz is coming off a knee injury, yet he was second last season only to Russell Wilson in TD passes with 33 to Wilson's 34. Think about that. Carson Wentz got hurt but was the second-highest quarterback in touchdown passes last season despite being injured. When healthy, he's demonstrated in his first two seasons he can lead the Eagles down the field and beyond their wildest dreams, and he can do something Tom Brady has struggled with, which is catch the football. So, uh, you know, for, for me, you know, it's, it's, it's just one of those things where, you know, Carson Wentz and, and Nick Foles, uh, he can catch the ball too. But Carson Wentz, in my opinion, this was a difficult one of where to put him because I think he has upside. I still think we haven't necessarily seen everything that we could see from Carson Wentz. But again, he had 33 passing touchdowns last season, which was above Tom Brady. It was above Aaron Rodgers, who got hurt. It was above Drew Brees. So, and Tom Brady, he's 41 years old, but he's just, he's just good. He's good, and he's good every year, and he's going to keep being good, and it doesn't matter what receivers they have, and it doesn't matter. He can make any receiver look good. He can make Mike and I look like we deserve to be in the Pro Bowl and then we're going to be in the Hall of Fame. That's Tom Brady. So having him in the top five. Kirk Cousins for me, this was kind of a dicey one. I put him at six. And the reason why I put him above Deshaun Watson is that Deshaun Watson's coming back from injury and you never know how bodies are going to respond. I pray to the good Lord that every single one of these guys is healthy and that they don't never get hurt again for the rest of their lives on or off the field because you never like to see it. Kirk Cousins goes one step ahead of Deshaun because he's an inherited treasure. He wasn't appreciated in Washington. He's got a ton of weapons in Minnesota. He's got Delvin Cook and Latavius Murray in the backfield. He's got Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs at wide receiver. He's got Kyle Rudolph at tight end. There's no reason why Cousins can't perform well and get his numbers up. 
So I think with all the weapons, he's going to excel. Deshaun Watson, he's one of those guys like a Cam Newton where he can he can run, he can take off, and he can make some things happen. I think that he makes DeAndre Hopkins look a little bit younger. I think he makes Will Fuller look a little bit more attractive, hence why he's in the top 10. And then Big Ben, it's funny because sometimes Antonio Brown has these massive numbers and you're like, oh, well, he got all these touchdowns in the game, so Ben Roethlisberger must have gone nuts. <laughs> And Ben Roethlisberger's like 210, two touchdowns to Antonio Brown. And that's good, but, you know, he's not doing these crazy, crazy numbers every week. But he is serviceable, and he's on a good team that has a lot of weapons. Jimmy G, like you talked about, Mike, he made both of our top 10s. He went 5-0 and last season when he came on to San Francisco. He's got the offensive savvy Kyle Shanahan as his head coach. And... He knows how to get it done. I think he's going to be the best player that came out from behind Tom Brady. And I know that that's not setting the bar crazy high. But, you know, people roll the dice on Matt Castle and company. Doesn't work out. With Jimmy Garoppolo, I think that there is the opportunity to have a franchise quarterback. And, you know, Matt Stafford, it's hard for me. He's got a bunch of weapons. I'd like to think with Matt Patricia that the team's going to get better, make the defense better, take some pressure off of them help him to feel better in the pocket and whatnot, more comfortable in the game in and of itself. But that's a toss-up. And then, you know, Phillip Rivers, he is a solid QB too. I don't put him on my team as a starter every week, but he's not a bad guy to have. Cam Newton fell outside of my top 10 because of his interceptions. 30 interceptions to 41 touchdowns in the past two seasons. That is way too close and way too ugly. But he does call his number a lot, and I have said on this show – the exact words that you just said, Mike. I have said Cam Newton is worth drafting because Cam Newton likes a lot of Cam Newton and he calls his number a lot. And that's word for word what just came out of your mouth here on the show as, as you know, everybody listens in a Fantasy Football Power Hour. We feel the same about Cam. And then Jared Goff, you know, it's Sean McVay. It's who he has. He had 28 touchdowns to seven interceptions last year. Another thing that I think, you know, very little is known about. And then Andrew Luck makes my top 15, but not my top 10, because 22 of 48 games in the last three regular seasons combined, he's played in. But he's thrown about half as many interceptions, 68 as touchdowns, 132. So, you know, if you take the health factor out of it, and you look at the fact that he's almost doubled touchdowns to interceptions in his career, then yeah, Andrew Luck, to me, it's an easy pickup. But it's the injury-prone thing that makes me concerned. Matt Ryan cracks my top 15, but I still think he's a dangerous play because he has, like you said, as you get older, their quarterbacks are supposed to go down in, in what they're putting out there. He has. Breeze has gotten better. Rodgers has gotten better. Brady's gotten better. But Matt Ryan seems to be tapering off a little bit. Derek Carr made it just above Blake Bortles, not by much. But, you know, Blake – and, and the thing is, Blake doesn't have to be an elite quarterback. And I've made that known numerous times. He doesn't have to be elite at all by any stretch of the imagination. And Matt Ryan had 20 touchdowns to 12 interceptions last season. Bortles had 21 touchdowns to 13 interceptions. So he had one more touchdown and one more interception than Matt Ryan. So his numbers are very close to everybody that wants to say Matt's elite. Well, look at the numbers most recently. They're almost exactly – the same, and Blake Bortles has a better defense than Atlanta by light years. In Case Keenum, I think he could be something. You know, I think he has something to give. Pat Mahomes, I'm excited about, 
But, you know, I'm kind of looking at this and saying he's not my number one guy. He's my number two or three on my team. But he could shock and awe us, and I think that's huge. Andy Dalton, I'm just not impressed by any stretch of the imagination. Eli Manning's better than Dak, but I don't know how much that's saying. And, you know, Mitch Trubisky's got a lot to prove. He's got a lot of weapons. But, you know, this is his first full season as a quarterback and in the NFL. And, and to me, you know, last year he came in but not for the not for a full season as a rookie. So it's kind of up in the air. And then Jameis Winston drops off just because God only knows if he's going to keep himself out of trouble. And if it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, I can't put it high. Flacco, Tannehill, Marcus Mariota, they all got to show me something. You know, these are guys that people, people tend to draft Marcus Mariota, and they may take a flyer on Ryan Tannehill like they did in our draft down in Florida, Mike. But Joe Flacco, people tend to, tend to stay away from uh, Marcus, I, I think I think it's just the output. He has a ton of weapons, but it's the output. I think Sam Darnold can rise this year, especially with Teddy Bridgewater going away. And, you know, I think it's kind of just, you know, it, it is kind of interesting how we are the same in a lot of areas or we're almost the same. And I think that, you know, if I get a Deshaun Watson, I'm not upset. You know, if I get a Carson Wentz or a, or a Brady or – uh, Russell Wilson or Kirk Cousins, but again, you don't have to draft them high, and I feel like people are so, at least in the couple drafts that I've had, they want to draft quarterbacks, and I just kind of laugh my way to the skill positions, which is crazy to me that, that people leave them out there, but you know, I agree with you, Mike. I think you have to draft running backs, you have to draft wide receivers, stockpile them, and when somebody goes one way, go the other way, because in all honesty, there's a lot of wide receivers out there this year, and running back-wise, it does drop off after you get to a certain point, but I can name a bunch of guys that I wouldn't be upset having. We didn't even talk about Mark Ingram, who's going to be suspended the first four games. So, you know, there's a lot of talent out there, and at quarterback, I think that, you know, you can't really go wrong with a lot of these guys, but it's interesting how you and I are almost snake eyes on that, Mike, as we head into the rest of our... Do you have more drafts? I know I have three. Do you have any more left? Yeah, I have a couple drafts I'm going to do yet. So I, you know, if I had my choice, I'd rather draft after final cuts because there's always some surprises. There's always some guys. So, you know, this weekend, you know, uh, you know, coming up here right after these games, well, first off, the games this weekend, you're going to see guys that aren't going to be on the team. And then there's guys that are on the bubble. There's guys that just need more work. There's some rookie players who may not start. They're going to get some extensive time. But for the most part, a lot of the guys that are in these last preseason game, you know, that you won't see them. So it's good to draft after that if you can. But if you're in, you know, a lot of leagues or a competitive league or something, it is what it is. You got to go, you know, you got to really know who's going to make the team and who's not. But there are going to be surprises. And make sure you capitalize on those. If there's guys that, you know, are going to be cut, all of a sudden that elevates the guy behind them. Don't go, well, you know, it's, and I'll pull a name out of the hat. I'm not going to say this guy's going to get cut at all, okay? I'll just I'll just pull a name out of a hat. Let's say they cut Doug Martin in Oakland, okay? Well, there's they have Marshawn Lynch, but who else do they have? Well, they have Jalen Richard. Oh, and they have this guy, Chris Warren. Now, Chris Warren, mark my words, by the end of the year, he's going to get a lot of playing time. This guy's a beast. A lot of people don't even know who this guy is. He's one of my sleepers for the year. Don't draft this guy unless it's one of your last picks. 
and you, you feel like you're covered up everywhere. This is a guy you may be able to pick up on the waiver wire later on after cuts or what have you. This guy is a beast. But what you want to look at is, you know, let, let's say Oakland does cut Martin, and you say, wow, good thing I didn't draft Martin. He got cut. No, run to the waiver wire and pick up Chris Warren. See, you don't say, well, this guy got cut. Thank God I didn't draft. You go pick up the guy who's going to take his place. Because that's where the points are. That's where the value is. A lot of people think the other direction. Go where the value is only. Oops, and you'll always be successful. Yeah, and, and that's and that's the thing, like you said, you know, to watch this. And it's funny because when we set up the drafts, I always have people saying to me, Dan, are we going to draft right now? We're going to draft right now. We're going to draft right now. Come on, we got to do it. We got to do it. We got to do it. I don't want to draft in July. I don't want to draft the first week of August. You know, we pushed ours to the latter part of August down in Florida. And then down here, I go as close to the end of August, beginning of September that I can. August 26th, September 1st, and September 2nd are the drafts here in central New York. And the reason why I do that is because injuries, cuts, trades, and movement. That is why I do what I do because Sam Darnold, he looks more enticing now. But he didn't look that enticing two, three weeks ago. At the start of everything, coming out of the draft, people didn't know. Josh Rosen doesn't look enticing right now. Sam Bradford and company down in Arizona dropped on my list. So, you know, there's certain guys, Case Keenum, and where things shake out there. I like Case Keenum. But if Paxton Lynch was was leaps and bounds ahead of him, then I would have stayed away from Denver. You know, there's, there's just looking at these pieces – and looking at what works, and Tyrod Taylor, and do you want to, if you have team quarterback, like we do in the Wake Up Call Fantasy Challenge, do you want to take a flyer on Cleveland and get Tyrod Taylor with Baker Mayfield? And then you look at some other things like Eli Manning. You know, he probably has a couple good seasons left in him, but now he just locked up Odell Beckham Jr. Now I feel better about Odell Beckham Jr. than I felt going into the first two drafts that I had. So it's always watching, it's always thinking, and it's always preparing for your next move. So you have to be watching these things. And if somebody goes on my website or on your website, Mike, and says, hey, well, you had Christian McCaffrey at 11 and now you got him at eight, man. What the heck? What are you changing things? What are you, you know, what are you, are you changing your predictions? No, things change as it goes throughout. If Tariq Cohen gets hurt, Jordan Howard has more value in Chicago. If Baker Mayfield does this, that, and the other, then you got to think about, okay, you know, did, did you draft Tyrod Taylor? Do you not get team quarterback? And now are you going to go out there and pick up Baker Mayfield instead? You always have to be watching and you always have to be prepared. It doesn't go away. I mean, as we're talking right now, I'm evaluating the running back still and I'm shifting people in certain places. I know the guys that are at the bottom for me, but this is a fluid concept. When I put my quarterbacks together, I had these five. Then this one snuck in there, so then this one goes down to six. Then this one drops to 12, so then this one goes up to nine. You know it as well as I know it, Mike. If you're not going to our websites every day, you're going to miss something. Yeah, that's that's the whole thing. Just just do a little bit each day. You know, Maybe wake up 15 minutes earlier and look at stuff over your coffee or when you get to work and you're setting things up if you have an opportunity to get your day started. Then maybe look at things at the end of the day. But this is a business. It never sleeps. It never stops. It's like Vegas. And it's funny it's like Vegas because Vegas is very much tied into, you know, more than people realize. 
but you know, just do a little bit each day. Just watch a little bit, and yeah, we're going to try to bring you the latest and the greatest and the moves to make. And like I've said in years past, and I'll say it again, and it's one of the things that I hold true in fantasy football. If you're not a week ahead, you're two weeks behind. And what that means is you got to be ahead of everyone else. If there's a guy you got to pick up, like I just spit out that Chris Warren. I'm not saying run out and pick him up now, but that's a guy you got to put on your list, and you got to be ready to pick up at the drop of a hat at a moment's notice. You got to be ready to make moves. You got to always have that bottom guy on your roster. Okay, if someone comes available, who am I going to drop? Why would I drop this guy? Why would I drop that guy over that guy? You have to be prepared for that. Hey, you know what? If this happens, I'm going to run out and pick this guy up. I'll worry about who I'm going to. Just as long as you have some sort of game plan week to week, because even though your draft is most of your league, most of your success in the league, you still have to manage your team every week. It's a week-to-week game. Some people say, oh, it's the draft, and then they forget about their team. No, it's not. Injuries, uh, guys getting cut, stuff happening, a streak of opponents they're playing. There's a whole bunch of things that, that, that come into consideration. So go to the website. We'll take some of that research out of your, out of your way. Go to HallOfFameFantasyFootball.com, and we'll help you out. Something new and fresh there every single day. We help you with waivers as well throughout the year, every week, in time to make your waivers. We're not one of these systems that comes out on Thursday or Friday and says, oh, pick up this guy. Well, that's nice. Waivers were on Tuesday night. You know, we try to put things out timely. So, yeah, go check that. Go check the site out. And um, you know what? If you have questions like that, even about your draft or about your lineup, you can always hit me up on the website as well. Or when you're listening, you just, you know, hit that instant message and Dan will read them off to us during the show. Yeah, absolutely. You know, fantasy Hall of Fame fantasyfootball.com and wakeupcalldt.com's fantasy football page as well. We'll give you our rankings, we'll give you our thoughts, we give predictions, we talk about it all the way throughout and all of our shows including the one you're listening to right now inside a wake up call. All the fantasy football power hours go directly to the fantasy football page on wakeupcalldt.com. You can find it on the top tabs, or you can scroll down on the homepage to the quick links, and you'll see the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Helmet. You just click on that, and that'll take you right to our archive and all of our information. We update the injury reports from week to week, so there's plenty of information there for you. And while we're talking and sitting here this morning, like I said, I'm working on the rankings while we're talking about the rankings in the moment because I just get excited about it. I get thoughts. Mike might say something that makes me change my thought process on something and vice versa. You know, you you try to help out where you can and do what you can and have these conversations so that you can see things and reevaluate because there's some people that I will never draft. (laughs) There's certain players that I will stay away from, and there's reasons why. It's not a personal thing. Lamar Miller is one of those guys. He's not the every-week plug-and-play guy. He is not a bad option as a flex player, but to give up an RB spot to go and grab him, especially in the fourth, fifth, sixth, if you get him early, third, fourth, fifth round, I think he's a joke to be there. He gains yardage, yes, but to me, Lamar Miller, he's he's not a touchdown machine. He's not a guy that you lean on. And ever since he left his original digs, he hasn't been anything that special in Houston. But, you know, some people see him and say, well, that's the Houston starting running back. You know, Marshawn Lynch, he's one of those guys, too. He has company with the addition of Doug Martin. If Doug doesn't get cut, there's a possibility that they have to split time. 
There's also the possibility with Marshawn Lynch that he might decide in the middle of the season to stop playing football. So Martin most likely is a contingency plan for Marshawn Lynch. Lynch is a true runner. He's not involved in the passing game that much. He had seven rushing touchdowns, almost 900 yards on the ground last season. He's a potential RB2 as opposed to an RB1 for you as of right now because of Doug Martin and because there's a lot of running backs out there that'll help you in catching and running the ball, as opposed to just being a true runner and a downhill runner. Marshawn Lynch is a guy that I stay away from because I'm always thinking week three, he gets pissed off at the media, they don't get him his Skittles right after the game, and he decides to go become an MMA fighter. I mean, that's just how I think of Marshawn Lynch. He's not someone that I expect to be there in the morning with my coffee, ready to have breakfast and talk about life. He's that girl that you date that you like, but you don't know if she's going to be there in the morning. And that concerns me when I tell you, oh yeah, go and draft this guy. Because maybe he will and maybe he won't. And Doug Martin would have been, wouldn't have been brought in there if not for a contingency plan. And then Marlon Mack and Jordan Wilkins, this is an enticing thing. This is a totally other side of the spectrum. Two young guys... Both of them have upside. Both of them are worth drafting and stashing somewhere on your team. And either one of them could become the starting back. So you're going to take a flyer, roll the dice, and take a shot. But Marlon Mack, to me, was somebody that I got high on when he came into the league. And like Mike said, if you're not a step forward, you're two steps back. Marlon Mack's been on my list since he came out of South Florida. So now that he's on other people's list and they're drafting him and they're looking at him and they're thinking he could be the number one and this, that, and the other thing, he's been on my list for over a year. And I haven't taken him off of that list. You put him on there, you stash him, you think about it. Marlon Mack was like my Chris Carson to Mike Sofka, who was saying Chris Carson over and over and over again, and now people are drafting Chris Carson. So, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, some and some of these tandems are better than others. The Washington tandem or trio is confusing. The Detroit trio is probably going to become one guy. The Minnesota duo, Latavius Murray hasn't held up his end of the bargain yet in that. So, you know, it's just watching, it's researching, and the thing is, you work. You got a lot of stuff going on. You got a family. You got your life. You got your job or two jobs or three jobs or your night shift or whatever it may be. So let Mike and I do the work for you. Go to HalloFameFantasyFootball.com, go to WakeUpCallDT.com, and let us help you not only go into your draft and come out of it, but to go throughout your entire season. And as Mike said, if you got a question, if you're a member on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT, you can send them like people have today. You can send it on Facebook at WakeUpCallDT, Twitter at CallDT, Instagram at WakeUpCall underscore DT. We are more than happy to take your questions, and I put those up there today for you to ask us these questions, and if it's outside of our live show, we will stockpile them and use them next time, or we'll answer them as we go. If, if you have a draft coming up tomorrow night and you don't get to us until 5 p.m. today, we'll make sure we answer that question. I'll reach out to Mike, and Mike and I will both give you our best answer to help you out. That's what we're here for. Let's take a step aside here on the Fantasy Football Power Hour inside a wake-up call, and when we come back, we will look at the wide receivers and how deep that position truly is this year. This is a wake-up call fast break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue 
in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find. Unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us Central and Upstate New Yorkers, as well as beyond, for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is Penn and Trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop. And on mixlr.com backslash wake up call DT, hanging out inside of the fantasy football power hour with Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame Fantasy Proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub and the Penn and Trophy Center is the Fantasy Football Power Hour every Thursday show from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time at least. We haven't talked about wide receivers that much, Mike. We touched on it a little bit, but the Antonio Browns, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham's. You know, Odell, to me, jumps back to second spot right behind Antonio Brown because of this extended contract. Now there's some security. I feel better about him being a second option. DeAndre Hopkins is up there thanks to Deshaun Watson and that resurgence. But, you know, wide receiver, some of these rankings that I've looked at, because I do look at other people's rankings and kind of just see where they're at as compared to mine, rankings are all over the place. You know, and and I I would love to know for you what you can say about your top ten wide receivers. So we'll flip the script. I was given my rankings. Now I'll have you give your top ten, and then we can discuss that. Yeah, well, rankings are opinions, and everybody's got an opinion. And everybody thinks their opinion is the best. But you know, you got to take some of that with a grain of salt. You got to consider the source more times than not. But you know, arguably, most people are going to have some of those guys. They may be a little bit off the ranking, but they're going to be, you know, usually they're fair. Uh, you know, I got Antonio Brown as the number one receiver, and, and rightfully so. He's going to average draft position of the fifth pick overall. And, 
you know, he's the guy that's head and shoulders above everyone else. And not too far behind him, though, is DeAndre Hopkins. I, I think he's going to have a fantastic year. I think him and Deshaun Watson were putting together something there. And, and then, you know, it drops off a little bit for me. That's my tier one wide receivers. And then Odell Beckham. You know, this is a guy who we've seen do fabulous stuff. We've seen do really weird and crazy stuff. And hopefully all that stuff is behind him now. I, I think he's called off the wedding to the punter's net on the sideline. I, I, you know, I think the money, you know, he said it himself in, in his press conference about the contract that, you know, this is security, that he can turn it, he can play now with not worrying about getting hurt and not worrying about, he can actually put himself out there. And it looked to me like he was, he was playing above and beyond. So maybe the best is yet to come with him. We'll have to see. I'm willing to gamble that it is. He's had a good work ethic and a good attitude coming into camp. One of the few guys that was in a heavy contract negotiation actually reported to camp as opposed to a guy like Le'Veon Bell. You know, and and that says a lot for him is in his maturity. I think as well. Maybe that's just maybe that was a ploy in contract negotiation. I don't know, but I think it says a lot for for Odell and the people that are around him now. And maybe he's headed in the right direction. So I got him as a number three receiver. Keenan Allen, just on volume, he's going to get a large share of the of the looks. You know, for the Chargers, and he's proven he's adjusted to that role and he's proven he's capable of being a top 10 i got him as a top five receiver at number four then we go to julio jones who's gonna have a little more help with calvin ridley in the fold freeman and coleman should be healthy maybe austin hooper will will get back on track here maybe matt ryan can actually distribute the ball effectively in that sarkeesian offense finally in the second year of that and, you know, A.J. Green, I think he's falling off a little bit because the Red Rocket there, I don't think Andy Dalton's very good, quite frankly. I think he's mediocre. Although there is going to be an uptick in the offense there with Joe Mixon having a full year to run with a season under his belt. So if he stays healthy, they could do something in Cincinnati. Michael Thomas, you got to include Michael Thomas in the top ten. He's the number one guy in New Orleans. And what do they do with New Orleans? Well, now they run the ball but they do effectively pass the ball with Drew Brees. Mike Evans is going to suffer a little bit with uh, Jameis being out for four weeks, then they got a bye week. So him and his quarterback are going to be you know, throwing the ball back and forth until week six is when they're going to start. So that's not a good thing. And then, you know, Devontae Adams, he should be the premier target in Green Bay. And I think that they have a lot of weapons there now with Jimmy Graham in the fold and Geronimo Allison about to hit the field. And, and, and hopefully he'll do a good job. Randall Cobb, you know, and then you got those three-headed monster running back, too. So I believe it's going to be a situational thing. But Devontae Adams is worthy of a top 10. He's going to average of the seventh pick in the second round. And then rounding out my top 10 is T.Y. Hilton. I think if Andrew Luck is going to get back on that bike, it's going to be through the through the help of T.Y. Hilton. He's the deep threat. He's the possession threat. He's what they have in Indianapolis. So by sheer volume, he necessitates being a top 10. He's going to average draft position in the middle of the third round. And then just outside the top 10, a couple guys to consider. Tyreek Hill, fastest guy in the NFL. Thielen and Diggs, Diggs and Thielen, which one do you go for first? Either one, you can't go wrong. And then a Juju Smith-Schuster, I like me some Juju. This is the guy who's going to tear it up. And with Antonio Brown on the other side, 
Juju's a guy who has the potential of being number one on any other team, except the team he's on because he's on a team with Antonio Brown. So this is the guy who's going to draw the number two corner most often, and that's going to be a mismatch in the favor of the Steelers. So they're some of the guys I like at receiver. Uh, again, don't you know? Think you got to draft a receiver first. Don't think you have to draft a running back. Take what the draft is going to give you, but definitely load up on running backs and receivers. I can't say it enough. No, and and the thing is, you know, it's clear that this is where people need to go. And if you're not going to these, then you're going to be leaving. You're you're going to be leaving a hell of a lot out there for other people to take and enjoy. And you were going through and, and speaking on, you know, obviously who is available out there and some of the guys like Juju Smith-Schuster that some people might overlook, but knowing that, you know, he could be a number one, but because he's behind Antonio Brown, like you said, you know, but to me, you know, the Steelers have those options. You know, the Raiders, Jordy Nelson, I think there's something left in the tank. The Broncos have a lot of options if somebody could finally throw to them. The Chargers is interesting. Keenan Allen, you know, like you said, the volume that he's going to get. Now, Tyrell Williams and Mike Williams, there's a bunch of other guys on the team, and it seems like sometimes it's this guy's week, then it's that guy's week, then it's the other guy's week. So I'm going to pause here for a minute, Mike, and ask you, what makes you believe in Keenan Allen so much knowing that Phillip Rivers does like to spread the ball out? What is it about Keenan Allen that's special in your opinion? Well, Mike Williams was hurt last year. Tyrell Williams is trying to get back on track. And Keenan's definitely the number one guy there. They don't have that safety net option at the at the tight end there either with Antonio Gates not you know, not welcome back or not coming back and and and, and Hunter Henry going down. You know, they're going to need that guy, that solid guy. And he's, he's the guy. He's Keenan Allen. He's the guy that stayed out of trouble. He's the guy that stayed healthy. And he's the guy that seems to be getting it done as of late. Now, with that being said, something's going to happen. He's going to twist his knee. Now that I said that, I'm not wishing any harm on him. But still, he's got an excellent running attack in Melvin Gordon. they got a pretty good defense there. And if you look at the way the Chargers finished the year, I think last year they went 0-4 or 1-3, one of the two, and they did the, the other the year before. But they finished strong. They, they looked strong. They looked like they were running away. So, you know, teams that end up finishing strong the previous year end up doing something the following year. Phillip Rivers is underrated, and I think that I, I, I just like what they got going on there. I think, you know, out that way, out west, there's some teams that aren't doing as well as, the Chargers. I mean, look, Denver, they're struggling at quarterback. They look at, you know, I'm trying to think of guys that are in that AFC West there that are just struggling. Oakland, I'm not sure they're they're where they need to be. So I think the Chargers are going to look good, and I think Rivers and Allen are going to put it together. Call it a gut feeling, but I've done the math behind it, and I'm confident that Keenan Allen being the number four receiver. And, well, you know, and that's the thing, as we look at these – opportunities and we look at these situations and you know that's a guy that you're sold on it's a guy that I kind of juries out with me on that one but then there's other people like Sammy Watkins who did some good things when he was with the Rams recently and if he had stayed healthy I think it would have been even better and now he's with the Chiefs you talk about Pat Mahomes airing it out Sammy's arguably the number one guy because Tyreek Hill is kind of a little bit of everything. I don't look at him as a traditional wide receiver. So traditional-wise, I would say Sammy. Somewhere in between Kareem Hunt and Sammy is Tyreek Hill. 
So, I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, I think a guy like Sammy Watkins has new life with Pat Mahomes, with an explosive offense, and with a place where he doesn't have to be the guy. Yeah, he does. I, I You know, I like the situation for Sammy Watkins. You know, the speedster and Hill, you know, Sammy doesn't have that pressure on him. He can be a possession guy. He can go over the middle. He's still going to play the outside now, but they got some speed elsewhere receiver with Chris Conley, Demarcus Robinson, DeAnthony Thomas. So, there's an opportunity that, you know, he could be the solid guy. And if you're Pat Mahomes, who would you rather throw to other than a consummate veteran, a consummate professional in Sammy Watkins? Why it ranked at the 25th position. He's going average at the end of the sixth round. But Sammy Watkins could shock some people with this situation in Kansas City and Mahomes a quarterback. Yeah, you know, and so it's always watching the situational place it you know who is the quarterback who is coming in who is on the other side of them who do they you know who do they have there that they I mean I think Cameron Meredith everybody focuses on Michael Thomas I think Cameron Meredith can offer something to the Saints on the outside I think Calvin Ridley can jump Mohamed Sanu who has never truly had a great season in the NFL he's had some moments and then Cameron Brayton OJ Howard that's always the question you have to ask yourself the Jaguars list is wide open at wide receiver and whether people like Blake Bortles or not think he's good or not the truth of the matter is he can spread the ball out and he can throw touchdowns to his fifth and sixth string and seventh string receivers which everybody commends Tom Brady for doing it but nobody wants to talk about Blake doing it so I guess I will and then with the Dolphins it's Ryan Tannehill but he likes Kenny Stills the Bills is wide open, and, and let's discuss the Bills, you know, because Nathan Peterman looked awful last season, yet Nathan Peterman has been higher on the depth chart, above A.J. McCarron, Josh Allen's not where he's supposed to be, then they have Zay Jones, who had issues on and off the field, injuries and whatnot too, Kelvin Benjamin, Corey Coleman, They've tried a lot of things, and their receiver is up in the air. Their quarterback is up in the air. The only consistency they have is that their tight end is Charles Clay and their running back is LaShawn McCoy. What do you think about the Bills' situation and the fantasy value of their quarterbacks and wide receivers at this point? All right, there's a, there's a quick geography lesson for you here. Intercession City, have you ever heard of it? Intercession Intercession City is a city in Florida. It's off one of the turnpike or the interstate or something. It's nothing but like a drive-through city. It's it's Intercession City. Well, they're going to change the name of Buffalo. Buffalo is going to be Interception City because <laughs> Interception City is what you're going to get. Nate Peterman can throw five of them in a half of a game. AJ McCarron's out, and Josh Allen's a rookie quarterback who, quite frankly, is not that accurate. Interception City is going to be the new name of. Buffalo, the Interception City Bills. I like the ring to it. Well, and that's the thing is it's just, I mean, the the Bills, they've tried and 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 they've tried, but the reality of it all is everybody can't ball. And, you know, and that's, I mean, the thing is Buffalo, and I know that Central and Upstate New York fans, they want to hear the positives, but the reality is that the Buffalo Bills are about to step into the regular season and don't have a number one receiver, are about to step into the regular season and don't have a number one quarterback, and the best player on your team was almost potentially suspended. So, you know, it's just, it is a weird world 
when it comes to Buffalo. And you have to look at these things. You have, I mean, yes, Calvin Benjamin was the number one guy in Carolina, but if you're drafting Calvin Benjamin because he used to be the number one guy in Carolina, you're not paying attention. You got to look at where they are now. What's the situation? Who are they with? Is there hope for a number one spot? Juju Smith-Schuster is going to drop. You just have to be smart enough to know when to take him. Antonio Brown's going to get taken. Odell's going to get taken. DeAndre's going to get taken. That's the reality of it all. But it's to go further than that and say, what about Pierre Garçon? What about Marquise Goodwin? What about Doug Baldwin? What about Cooper Cup? What about you know taking a flyer on Brandon Cooks? What about Nelson Aguilar? What about Alan Hearns and Michael Gallup? What about Jamison Crowder? What about Allen Robinson? When do you take Allen Robinson going to the Bears coming off of a torn ACL in his last season with Jacksonville? You have to be watching these things, and that's why our rankings are important. Mike and I are not God. We're not going to be perfect on everything, but we do our research and our due diligence. If you ask a question about anybody on our rankings, I guarantee you that we can answer to the best of our ability why we put them there and what we think and can they fluctuate and where are they heading and why did we do this and what could have been here because we don't just willy-nilly throw them out there for you. We want you to be prepared. We want you to have fun. And we want you to know that being a step ahead as Mike always says, not two steps behind. We want you to be in a place where we're telling you about guys before somebody else is telling you about guys. And Johnny brought up somebody who I was going to end with, ironically, our resident Detroit Lions fan, Kenny Galladay. Marvin Jones Jr., Golden Tate, and Kenny Galladay. Mike, what do you think about this situation? I'm not going to load the question and say anything more. I'll give my thoughts after. What do you think about the wide receivers in Detroit? Yeah, I like what they got going on there. I like Marvin Jones actually ahead of Golden Tate. I've never felt Golden Tate was a number one, and he's forced into that position. I think Marvin Jones is more of a number one in Golden Tate. So if he's going up against a number two receive, number two corner, that's a mismatch. And then Kenny Galladay has proved that he's worthy of being on a field and worthy of being in that same conversation. I got Kenny Galladay ranked number 43 right now. He's going to average near, near the end of the 11th round. A lot of value there. I've gotten him way late in drafts, and I'm not afraid of him. I like him a lot. Marvin Jones, if you want Marvin Jones, you're going to have to go in the middle of the fifth round. That's his average draft position. And Golden Tate's actually going ahead, I'm sorry, going ahead of Marvin Jones. He's going at the beginning of the fifth round. Yet I have Marvin Jones ranked six spots higher than Golden Tate. The good news is all three of those guys are are, are worthy of being drafted. Whereas you look at a guy like Kelvin Benjamin, who's supposed to be the number one in Buffalo. I've got him ranked number 39. He's almost ranked where the number three is in Detroit, and he's the number one in Buffalo. So they got a lot of value in those guys. Those guys are more closely bunched together than just about any other group outside of if you consider a tight end in a situation with Diggs, Steele, and, and Rudolph. But I like the combination that they have there in Detroit. I like their quarterback. He's a sick effective, efficient. He's a top 12 quarterback. So you can't go wrong with any one of those guys. Just don't ever overdraft any of them. A lot of these guys are bunched together. And you can see what I mean on my site. A lot of them are bunched together in different tiers. Like, you know, after you get past Antonio Brown and DeAndre Hopkins, well, then there's a second tier of Beckham, Allen, and Jones. Then there's a bunch of guys all grouped together. 
those are the guys you want to target. You want to get as many of those guys as possible, and that's where you're going to find Golden Tate and Marvin Jones. I like what they got going on in Detroit. You're going to score some fantasy points with those receivers. And I agree with that. You know, Marvin Jones Jr. bailed me out a lot last season, so I do put him above Golden Tate, and I'm more than okay with Marvin Jones getting the second-best DB that's out there on the team that's playing up against him. Really quick here, Mike, to, to go into something you just said, bunching them together. Ty Montgomery, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, I brought him up a little bit earlier on today's show. Do you put them boom, boom, boom on the rankings? Do you separate them? How do you place them? Because for me, it's hard to say, is Jones better than Jamal? And if Jamal, like I said, does well in the first couple weeks, what does that do to Aaron? And then on the other side of that, Ty Montgomery, where does he fit in? He's a bigger body guy. He can play receiver. He's he's a he's a very muscular guy. He's got a lot of opportunities out there to you know create. But I look at him more as like a receiver. So where do you put them when you're in a situation like Green Bay? Because I think Delvin Cook and Latavius Murray are easy to separate and put in the rankings. But what do you do with a team like Green Bay when you're trying to place those three guys? Yeah, it's a train wreck of a situation. I give it to the guy who's going to get the first shot because he might not be able to get off the field. Jamal Williams, I got him as the number 33-ranked running back. He's going to average of the, at the end of the eighth round. So you can get some value there. Whereas the next guy I got for Green Bay running back is that number 51 in Ty Montgomery. And again, that's because Aaron Jones is going to be out a couple games. Now, I know Aaron Jones was supposed to be the guy this year. He just... He's going to miss a couple games, and that's going to cost him. And I think Green Bay's more excited as a coaching staff about Jamal Williams anyway. Ty Montgomery used to be a running back many years ago. He's been a consummate receiver. He's been great uh, for Aaron Rodgers. Now he's that flex guy. He's that slot guy. He's that H-back guy. He's that guy that can line up and get you mismatches as a running back because he's a receiver. He could be an effective check-down guy as well. So I think he's a weapon, but I think these guys are going to cannibalize each other, and I would tend to stay away from that whole situation. But if I had to make a choice between one of them, I'd go with Jamal Williams. Yeah, and I think that's where I comfortably sit right now. I mean, Ty Montgomery can do a lot of different things, but I don't think they utilize him enough. And so if they're just going to simply hand the ball off and not get crazy with it, and I don't think of Green Bay as doing crazy trick plays and whatnot, then, you know, I look to Aaron Rodgers to just hand the ball off. He wants a guy he could just hand it to him, let him go. Dorsey Levins, you know, a prime example. Eddie Lacy, when Eddie Lacy was playing well, another example of, you know, just hand the ball off, run up the gut. Hand the ball off, run up the gut. Green Bay's not a flashy team. They're not trying to do this, that, and the other. Ty Montgomery probably would excel on somebody else's team, but between Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones, Neither one has separated themselves, but Jamal has got two weeks at least to show everybody why he should be the guy. And so if you had to take a flyer, I would go on Jamal. I would take Jamal Williams, and I have taken Jamal Williams later on in drafts because of this situation. So I just find it to be interesting, and our conversations always are. Mike Sofka, Hall of Fame, FantasyFootball.com. He can help you right now going into your draft. He can help you all season long. And you can also check out wakeupcalldt.com's fantasy football page. We're here to help and do the best we can, and we're here to have fun. Fantasy football is all about bringing people together, and we are so appreciative 
of what it's done in our lives. So for Mike and I, we say thank you to you for the Fantasy Football Power Hour because you helped create this too, folks. And Mike, I always appreciate you being on the show, and I look forward to talking with you very soon. All right. Thanks a lot, Dan. Sounds good. Talk to you next time.